Hey, PYHT listeners, Cameron here. This weekend, I'm doing my final headlining shows of the year in Denver. I will be in Company Works uh, the 16th to the 18th of November. That's Thursday through Saturday. Please come out and see a show. On Friday, this coming Friday, Rhea and I will release a first-of-its-kind wife and wife joint stand-up album. We recorded it live at the Williamsburg Music Hall during our fall tour. It is called Back to Back the live album. We are really excited about it. You can order it on Friday through our producer Ryan's record label, A Special Thing Records, at astrecords.com. There's also shirts and buttons. We would love for you to buy it. Um, It will also be on iTunes, Amazon, and everywhere digitally on December 8th. You know that some really awful stories about a comic came to light within this past week. As a survivor of assault, I am finding myself pretty fucking upset right now. I believe that as a comic and a woman, sometimes I should get to just say what I'm thinking without analysis and commentary. And for this reason, for the first time this week, I asked Rhea and Ryan if we could cut our opening set from this week's episode. It's not because something big or revelatory or outside of my normal personality was said. It's because I wanted to say it live in that room, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to speak on this issue. I'm not sure if I will ever be able to speak. I've spent the last 15 years of my comedy career speaking out for women and those disenfranchised by the power structures that make this world so scary sometimes. If you'd like to know how I feel about rape jokes or being a woman in comedy or a bunch of other topics, you can read the AV column I used to write and stopped writing because some of the responses and commentaries uh, and comments were so terrible that they began to affect the way I thought about myself. They began to affect the way I felt safe at shows, at live shows. The columns are still up there. They're good. (laughs) And the comments are still there. You should read them. That might give you a tiny uh, lens into sort of what the whole experience is. Most of all, before we start the show, not most of all, additionally... I want to thank you for understanding. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, for coming out to live shows, for buying our albums, for watching Take My Wife. This is not an easy field for a woman, and I would have no career if it wasn't for the compassionate and dedicated audience that I get to meet every time a show's over. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure which fields are easy for women. <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm with you. And I'm enormously grateful that you've been with me. Thank you. Now let's enjoy some stand-up comedy. Okay. Uh-huh. We have put somebody in a great position where we got the crowd hot. We got that crowd so hot, fired up. Everybody's like, yeah. ready to go. Everybody's laughing so hard. Woo! Spitting, they're wetting themselves. Everything's hilarious. I actually have a full control of my bladder usually, but I'm just, this is so funny. Um, <laughs> I'm holding a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> this first comic. <laughs> 
front of the show. You're gonna love them. <laughs> Are you ready for more comedy? <laughs> Please put your hands together. Welcome to the stage, Andy Maine. Give it up for Andy. Uh, I had a great day today, but I did watch this one-woman performance art piece, and it got stuck in my craw. It haunted me, you guys. I was watching this woman, and she's like, she's in this dystopia, kind of like, and she, she created this box that she's like the victim of. And, and she created it. So there's a lot of layers of irony, right? And she's just like screaming in this like, this apocalyptic society. And she's just like screaming for like an ounce of rationality. And then there's millions of people watching and they're hitting the screen and they're like, we also want the truth. And it's called the Rachel Maddow show. <laughs> Yeah, guys. Wow. Uh, sometimes I like to eat weed and watch it at work. I call it, I call it high definition. Um, so uh, that's fun. Um, did did any, any of you guys go to the slut walk like a month ago, LA? You guys invented the slut walk here. Uh, you guys went to the prude parade instead. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so... <laughs> But some of you don't know what the slut walk is. That's fine. I'll explain it. It's a body positivity movement. It's a sex positivity movement where people of all genders and sizes and shapes and colors just get together with a very radical message in 2017, which is that sex is normal. (laughs) Super (laughs) radical message, right, Mike Pence? People, fuck Mike Pence. You can't do anything about it. Uh... Have you guys been like calling your congressmen and senators after having a glass of a bottle of wine every night? <laughs> like I have, like I'm from Portland. Uh, my senator is Jeff Merkley. He's great. So I call him every night, let him know all my thoughts. He never calls me back, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I persisted. And um, <laughs> like, okay, here's a fun thing, guys. Uh, Mike Pence's governorship voicemail is still accepting voicemail. So after I'm done with my pal Jeff, I call Mike Pence and I'm like, hey Mike Pence people, fuck, you can't do nothing about it! (laughs) And like, like, you can't legislate my queerness, I can't get you to stop calling your wife mother, let's call it even! (laughs) So, uh, back to the slow walk, guys. Um, I had a very weird conversation with my mom on the phone about it, and my mom's a 60-year-old Catholic Republican, so we party all the time. And um, here's how that conversation went. She's all like, hey, Andy, what are you doing this weekend? And that's just mom trying to get to know her daughter better. But what farted out from my anarchy mouth was, oh, hey, mom, I'm going to the slut walk. (laughs) The mom was like, Andrea, because when I'm in trouble, my name's Andrea. She's like, Andrea, don't you think it's embarrassing? Embarrassing to be a slut on parade? And I was like, Maggie, don't you think it's embarrassing that your generation created a society so toxic a bunch of sluts have to get together and have a parade to fix your patriarchal bullshit? You 
mom was like, I'll pray for you. <laughs> and I was like, I hope it works this time. <laughs> so far it has not. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Super weird. Uh, <laughs> when I was driving on the slut walk, I saw one of the coolest goddamn things I've ever seen in my life. I saw a mother-daughter team and they were waiting for the bus to go to the slut walk. And I could tell because this 15-year-old kid had a sign that said, my pussy my choice and you can tell her mom helped her with the sign like it looked really good her mom went to pinterest and was like how do i make that pussy sparkle you know it was beautiful act of autonomy and i was so touched by that i couldn't help it when i drove by them i rolled down my window and i beat my horn and i was like fuck yeah get it girl yeah <laughs> and then i drove another block and i was like oh no <laughs> I just can't call the slut walk. <laughs> and that's the most ironic thing that's ever happened to me. And like, what am I supposed to do in that situation? How do I make that right? Should I drive around the block and come back and be like, hey, I'm really sorry, yeah, fuck yeah, get it, girl. And uh, your 15-year-old daughter uh, was coming from a place to support uh, Rosie the Riveter. You know, like I didn't, I, I didn't. I did the most passive-aggressive thing possible, which is to march next to them and never make eye contact. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, you guys are a fucking great crowd, and I'm going to go out on, like, an experimental joke because you guys deserve that. It's, like, it's an experimental joke. It's audience participation. Um, are you guys ready to participate, audience? Hell yeah. Okay, great. Uh, it's, it's like classic setup punchline. Uh, it did get zero faves on Twitter, so adjust your expectations. Okay. Um, here we go. It's classic setup punchline. Your cue is coming up right now. Okay. Last week, my period was so heavy and tense. How heavy and tense was it? Oh my God. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> Last week, my period was so heavy and tense that Werner Herzog should have directed it. <laughs> All right, pretty good response. Better than Boise, Idaho last week. <laughs> For those who don't know who Werner Herzog is, he's a German nihilist film director. He's most famous for his movie Grizzly Man. That's literally about a man getting eaten by a bear. But don't worry, that dude totally deserved it. Okay, here's Werner Herzog documenting my period. Her ovaries, despairing with the futility of fertility. <laughs> Released her uterine lining as if she was offering oxygen to dying climbers on Mount Everest. <laughs> Zero faves on Twitter. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Super weird, right? At first, the sheer amount of goal was horrifying. Until she realized every aching crap to find a child who would never be born. <laughs> okay, and this last part is a verbatim Werner Herzog quote. I just want you to get inside the actor's studio with me. I research my jokes. Okay, here we go. I believe the nature of the universe is not filled with harmony. 
rather chaos, hostility, and murder. <laughs> Which is why Andy Main must spend fives of dollars every month to support a biological function she has no use for. <laughs> you guys have been incredible. Thank you so much, Amanda Main. Have a great night. My uterus is like my student loans. I only remember I have it when I get a monthly reminder. It's just how I get through my life. Just set it and forget it, you know? What I, mean? I forget about it so much until I remember about it. And it's actively happening. We were just on that bus tour and we were on the bus for five weeks. And we flew up to meet the bus, and we were like, hello, bus. And then, we, but we did a show, and the bus was already there, so we didn't, like, really get on the bus right away. It was a delayed bus kind of a thing. And then we did our show, and it was really awesome. And then we got on the bus, and I fell asleep on the bus, and the bus drove to the next place, and I woke up in the next place, which was Portland, and I thought I was dying because I was having a period so fucking bad. I thought I was literally dying, and my legs were falling out. It was like a G.I. Joe getting pulled apart, and I was the little rubber band. <laughs> and there is a driver of that bus, and because they, they drive at night, I did not meet that bus driver until I was laying on the ground of the bus rolling around and she came in and she was like hi i'm your bus driver and i was like ah, i'm 35 <laughs> so it's a fun way to meet people just you know experiencing things you've experienced for almost your entire life but they still are a surprise to you because you wish it never happened you know that kind of a thing so that's my period material um <laughs> We'll keep the show rolling. This next comic, it's their first time on the show, so you all know what we do when it's somebody's first time. We give them a huge warm welcome. Um, you may have seen this person on the internet. They're very hilarious on the internet. Also a writer on Laser Wolf on Adult Swim, and also on their new show called Quinta vs. Everything on Facebook Watch. Give a warm welcome to Quinta Brunson, you guys! <laughs> hate mic stands. They're condescending. You're short. You shop at the Baby Gap, bitch. His sneakers are fresh as fuck. I was about to fuck his sneakers. Oh my god. Yeah, those are really nice. Are those the, the Pharrell's? The, okay, I don't know sneakers that well. I, gotta, I just know they came out. Um, Woo, uh, crazy. They were all talking about periods and shit. I got my period recently and I was happy because I thought I was pregnant as fuck. <laughs> Woo! Shit was wild. Here's the thing. I, I'm very small, so if I have a baby with anyone taller than me at all, that baby is sliding out the same size as me, and I'm not <laughs> ready for that. What's up, mom? <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> Back the fuck up. He's like, oh, ah! I'll change your diapers. What? <laughs> scary. It's so scary. Um, <laughs> thank you. 
Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm I'm real, I'm I'm small and shit. Like I'm very short, and I talk a lot about it because it, it is it's weird. It's unique. I I feel like being this short. It's weird. It makes people treat you weird. They treat you like you're different or like you're less than. It's how I imagine racism is, but I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> But people think they can say wild shit to you. Like, someone will come to me like, oh my God, you're so short. I'm like, do you have the handicap thing for your car? <laughs> no, bitch, should your mom get one for having you? We can't just, like, get things. It's always like an average person. Shut up. You're the Jason Biggs of people. Shut up. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Or the Keisha Cole of people. I use that in different settings. <laughs> for the night people I've been in the green room I am the black girl <laughs> that's me I, I like this green room though because what's cool about it is I think I might be like one of the only straight ones and that's the way the shit should be I like it like that like I want to be one of the only straight runs in the room because it's nicer than being like the only black one I think because the black one it comes with too much weight people are like what do you think about black lives matter what do you think about what Bannon just said? But the straight shit is like, how's that dick treating you? And I'm like, it's good. It's good. I can talk about that. That works for me. That works for me. Back to being short. Um, I think the worst thing about being this short is letting down child predators. It happens every day. Mm-hmm. They walk past me on the street. Hey, how you doing? Sir, I'm 27 years old with 401k. Back the fuck back. <laughs> <laughs> they get all upset. They start texting other child predators. You see a small African-American girl under 5'5". Five, five. Abort! Abort! It's... <laughs> Who do child predators, like... I, I, I believe they have a community. Who do they... I mean, like, who do they as a community reach out to when they have, like, a problem? Like, can they talk to the government? Any child predators in the room? <laughs> One out of five. I know my stats. Look to your neighbor. I know the game I'm in. Um, I'm drinking a Bud Light. I feel like a dad that did the right thing and married the girl he got pregnant. That's what this makes me feel like. <laughs> they have any other options back there. I was like, all right. Making some life changes. Um, who's, who's doing the dating? And anyone doing the dates? The dating? Anyone doing the, the dates? Anyone dating in here? You two guys, how about you two? You dating? No. Okay, you don't have to be homophobic about it, all right? Take it easy. Uh, dating in LA is hard. Uh, I was dating for a really long time and it's difficult, it's not easy. I, had, I would run into this problem where like, I would like guys and they would like me, but we would just become friends. Like they would consider me a chum. And it was, it was just, it sucked, you know what I mean? Yeah, a chum. Not even like a friend, like, damn girl, like what's up chum? <laughs> Don't call me that. And it, it really did suck. Um, I had a guy say to me once, man, Quinta, one day I want my daughter to be just like you. And I was like, so should I grab that dick now or later? <laughs> because it sounds like you're trying to procreate. <laughs> he wasn't. He didn't want to. I'm all good. I have a boyfriend now. I'm excited about it. Yeah, thank you. Give me some booze. He white. Like y'all. <laughs> but I like him. He's just, 
he's the best. Like, I love him. And I think I first started liking him because, I don't know, we both, like, have things in common. Like, I'm black and he used to sell drugs, so we both don't like cops. And it's so nice <laughs> and romantic. It's so sweet. I remember when we first started dating, we were riding in a car and a cop rolled up next to us and he took his hat off. And I was like, why did you just take your hat off? What was that about? He was like, because, you know, I don't trust cops and I don't like them seeing me with a hat on and stuff. And my cars, you know, my windows are tinted. I just don't want them checking me out. And I was like, baby, you're dating a black girl now. I'm a permanent hat. It's, it's going down regardless. It's going down. Uh, it, it, it's it's hard because sometimes black girls use the word nigga just as like a that's like my nigga is just my boyfriend that's what that is and it's hard because sometimes I talk about him like that and I can't because he's white so I'll be on the phone I'm like girl let me tell you what this nigga just did he is tripping he's in the back like are you talking about me <laughs> no shut up girl, why is this nigga in my conversation <laughs> nigga but I just can't I love it so much it just proves you know it packs a punch nigga I love it you know I see people sh I see your ancestors shake and I like that it's power <laughs> and I feel like when black people say it, like we're Apple and all of white people are Samsung you know what I mean like you won't be as cool your pictures won't be as good as ours it's like it's a good it's a good feeling but yeah packs a punch um when Obama you guys know Obama when he was um <laughs> When he was still in office, everyone believed in him. They believed everything he said. And not that you shouldn't, but, you know, people were believing everything. And I remember a friend of mine was like, Quinta, Obama has a plan to relieve student loans. <laughs> now, what I should have said was, sometimes politicians make promises they can't keep. But what I said instead was, man, niggas just be saying shit. <laughs> I'm Quinta Brunson. Thank you, guys. You've been wonderful. Appreciate you. She's hilarious. That was great. You know, I was literally taught. I one part of I can't even remember what moment of that set just made me think of this. I was talking to a straight dude today. What? <laughs> this happens constantly. No, I I do. I, yeah. Um, wow. Believe it. Um, so I was straight dude today. He was like telling me a, a story about. He goes like, Yeah, no. One of my friends. We go to the movies together. Like. I'll sit, and then he leaves an empty chair, and then he'll sit. And I go, oh my God, in the community, we have a word for that. That's the gay seat. That's the seat that your friend is leaving so people don't think you're gay. Which is a dumb thing to do. <laughs> gay people don't, it's not actually about sitting directly next to somebody. <laughs> at the movies it's like some of it's about like lifelong partnership and then you do also fuck <laughs> but also this guy was like wait are, are you sure that's why it's it's like are you sure that's why people sit like that in the in the movie theater because it could be <laughs> this is like this is like a beautiful, like a, a beautiful mind. This is a beautiful mind. He goes, because it could be, like if you see that in movie theater, I'm like, it's always dudes. It's dudes all the time. No, no straight women have ever been like, sit away from me. People my 
I think you touched my butthole. <laughs> but straight men are taught to be very afraid. I understand that. It, this is something that you're... You don't have to be that afraid. Nobody's coming for you. But I understand you're very afraid. So you have to leave many seats. Just a group of five friends taking up the entire movie theater. <laughs> I'll sit in the front row. We're in the back. <laughs> but sitting four seats apart. <laughs> like I'm just imagining like the arc light if they even let you do that. Because like, I think you can't leave just an empty... There's some guy like, oh my god! <laughs> anyway, this guy was like, wait, are you, like, are you sure that's why guys are leaving a seat between them? I mean, what... Are you sure like that's not because they're both gay guys or one of them's a gay guy and they don't want people to think they're together because that would not allow them to meet people? So you're telling me if you walk into a movie theater and you see dudes that are sitting one seat apart, you assume, I should try to sit in the middle. That seat's there because I, this is a date. For me and that stranger. <laughs> No, that must be so. I don't even know what that's like. I've, I mean, there's obviously there's a whole other set of systems that fall on like female-bodied people about like how we're allowed to live our lives. But one of them is not like it's not about. Uh, there's no like we can. Oh my god, I can hug my friend. <laughs> I don't have to slap their back. You're cool, and, I, and I'm moved by our friendship, but I also just want to make sure you're not choking. <laughs> Do you remember when, like, no homo was a thing? That was really a strange time. It, it did happen. That was real. That was real. That really happened for a lot of people. That's like what's going on inside. Like, uh, your chicken sandwich looks good and no homo. <laughs> Just because I'm noticing that you got food that looks good, I don't want you to think that I want to be in a sexual relationship with you. That's also fulfilling an emotional level. Plan our financial futures together. Just talking about a sandwich. like shirts. Do you remember when people were just were like wearing like a no homo shirt? That really only should have worked. Number one, don't ever call me this. But that that only should have worked between as a way of disavowing a statement between two gay people. Right? La La Land won best picture. No homo. It was Moonlight. <laughs> That's really funny. I just wrote that. It's really funny. It's a really funny joke. I'm gonna keep that. 
It's <laughs> making me laugh very hard. All right, you guys, friends, pal. I'm trying to get rid of guys. Also, I've been told that I have to stop using guys uh, by people that are that are uh, deciding which language is inclusive. I'm totally fine with that, but it's very hard to figure out what the other word is. Cause pals is something I use sometimes. Pals feels good, but then it starts as a sliding scale of things that are fun to say. Okay, friends, does it sound like we're at a meeting that's religious? Okay, friends, we have a. We have a great comic coming up next. Are you ready? For more stand-up comedy? Well then, please welcome to the stage, Matthew Broussard. Give it up for him. Come on. What are you up to these days? I'm living in New York City and just doing stand-up, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm That's just great. Trying to not, I'm trying to disassociate my career with my, my emotional... Oh, yeah. yes. It's hard. It's, it's hard, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. You were just about to tell me something about Australia. Oh, I was, in Aus- I was in Australia, and I did a set like at a cool alt show, yeah. and I came off stage, and somebody was like, it's cool stuff, I've heard those jokes before. I'm like... From who? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think it was. I think they were, they were, they were your jokes. So I was like, I haven't done those jokes on TV or anywhere yet. Yeah. Like, and I was like freaking out for saying, yeah. "Who put my material out there?" It's like, oh, I think it was on "Put Your Hands Together." I was like, yeah. "Oh, so this is really cool." Yeah, that's rad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing we were trying to do is like, because when we first started the podcast, we were worried about people feeling like they're burning material. But I actually no. think it like gives uh, comics that don't aren't on TV a ton mm-hmm. a chance for people to hear them and then come to their shows when they go yeah. do stuff. So it's like kind yeah. of because it's only seven minutes, you know. So it's seven not, minutes. Yeah. And it's like it's the uh, it's the it's typically the accordion versions of the joke. Where if you see someone do a long right. set. They'll do a lot of little extra stuff out of them there, and you get, the to, you get to see the jokes rather than yes. just hear them. You're Precisely. Like, I'm like, oh, you didn't, oh, you didn't know I made a face there. That's like most of the joke. It's yeah. just my eyebrows, it's really. Mostly my hair. Mostly. I mean, we understand. We, we understand. <laughs> what product do you use? Uh, I use Imperial huh? Matte Pomade. I've used a bunch of different ones. I used uh, what was the one? There's one that I really like that's like Anchor or something. It's really hard to get. They make like, it in small batches, and it smells like cloves. Okay. Is it like really thick? It is very thick, I and just, yeah. it's like so organic that it gets moldy. It's one of those. <laughs> oh, you're special, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, it's just at my barber shop. Are you from Akron or are you from Portland? Because that's a... <laughs> right, that's yeah. a yeah, it's very. It's got a bird on it for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. I just I so I used to swim when I lived in LA. Yeah. And I'd swim outside and there was chlorine in the sun, and I didn't yeah. have to put anything oh, in my hair. Yeah. And now that I live in New York, it's just like it's matching my it's, mood. Oh, it just yeah. kind of just, blah, just very, flops like, down. Dumpstery. Yeah. Bananas on the sidewalk. Yeah, it doesn't look like that right now. Oh, thank you're you. In Los thank Angeles, you. but I yes. Just, I, I the second, you. yeah, second Atlanta. These, but I started yeah. using some products. And, oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, a, you know what I started using uh, that you might use since you're in New York and not Los Angeles now is there's a Lush shampoo bar. That's like called surf hair, and it has sea salt in it. Oh, and it smells I, great. I didn't think your suggestion was going to be something I would have liked, but that's something I really like. Yeah, it's blue. It's got seaweed on it. It's got sea salt in it, and it and like it, just gives, it gives you surf hair. Yeah, salty hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm happy I came tonight. Absolutely. Just for that. I'm glad we did this interview. And how have you been? <laughs> I've been great. Good? This is all about you, Matthew. Okay. So I'm glad you got some hair stuff. I can't wait to hear more jokes from you. Thank you. Thank Congratulations you so much. on liking New York. Thank you. I, it's just a bit. I'm an LA douchebag already. Sure. I mean, yeah. So and, and everyone has their opinion. I would like it if I stayed there longer, but I was just like, oh, I've, I've become very accustomed to Los Angeles. True. 
It's just my worst, my worst personality traits are the LA yeah, things it. where it's like, for me, I'm really lazy. I procrastinate. Yeah, sure. I put off things until they're right in my face. And I have to be in a state of panic to get anything done. And New York is a constant state of panic. <laughs> so if you're already a, like a, 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 at all a neurotic person, it's not a good place for no, no, you. No, no, no. It's yeah. not bad for me at all. Yeah. It's not great for me at all. Yeah. I was at a, in a hotel that someone started doing construction behind the wall behind my headboard. Mm-hmm. And the hotel was just like, yes, yeah, sorry about that. And it was <laughs> one in the morning on a Sunday night. Wow. It was very bizarre, and they were very like, sorry, it's the city. But it was an internal wall, man. An internal wall. It's so funny you say that, because I'm, I'm so sorry about that, but that, that, that just that, that line you just said, yeah. I think probably once a day of like, it's New York, get over it. Like, you're like, someone like, yeah. like step on someone's foot, it's New York, get right. over it. Because it's just, yeah, that's the whole city, the yeah. whole velocity. Just everybody there. being like, sorry about it. No, you're not. You're not no. sorry about it. People get robbed. You're like, hey, it's New hey, York. It's New York. It's just the same guy yeah, saying yeah, that. Yeah. Saying uh, well, thanks, Matthew. Thanks for doing the show. Thank Let's you see. so much. Matthew Broussard, Lana Barrett. I can't really do any time, but I was just recently in New York, and I immediately got to New York, and I was like, I love Los Angeles. So everybody's got their own ideas. Thanks. <laughs> Because I got into a cab, and I was like, they were like, where are you going? I was like, uh, I'm going to XXYZ. They were like, is it in Brooklyn? I was like, yes. They were like, I can't take you. And just kicked me out of the cab. I was like, I hate it here! Because <laughs> they picked me up on one side that went to a bridge, so they could not turn around. And I was like, this is ridiculous! Who plans a city like this? White people. That's the problem. Anyway, okay, let's keep the show going. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to scream about New York for a second. This next comic, another friend of the show. We're also label mates. We both have albums on uh, Kill Rockstar, so you should pick those up. And you should give a warm welcome to your next comic, Amy Miller! Thank you so much. Thank you also to your wonderful host for mentioning that I am one of the comedians tonight. Um... (laughs) Because sometimes at this point, a crowd is like, wait, did they just let a fun-loving second-grade teacher on stage to try comedy? (laughs) Nope, this is just my face. I have a second-grade teacher face, and I know that, okay? Listen, I don't know if I found the look or the look found me, but it's what we're doing. (laughs) And it's a look that says, I'll definitely drive you to karate practice, get in the van. I have really bad insomnia. Uh, has anybody else not slept a full night since Reagan? Okay, good for you. Sometimes I tell people that and they're surprised. I think that's really cute. They'll be like, I don't know, Amy, I just wouldn't think that you would have trouble sleeping. I'm like, oh no. Did you just confuse chubby with sleepy? Because I'm not a baby bear cub. And people constantly give me tips. They'll be like, well, you can't sleep at night because you look at screens and you drink. I'm like, I couldn't sleep through the night as a kid, okay? iPhones didn't exist yet, and I was drinking a really reasonable amount back then. (laughs) I don't even trust people that sleep. It's very foreign to me that some of you just like close your eyes at night and then see your life again eight hours later. (laughs) Do you know the kind of stuff I could do to you in eight hours? All right, well, I stole that one from Bill Cosby, so. He's a good comedian. And you guys are cute. Um, I'm just so happy to be out of the house right now, right? Uh, Because I uh, have a little guy. 
back home. Anybody have little ones at home? Woo! Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not a mom. I just have a really young boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, he's adorable. I feel bad for him though sometimes, right? Because he's like, like he's this young dude, and I feel like young dudes uh, want to have like a trophy girlfriend, you know? That's not something that I can provide as a lady. I'm not a trophy. I'm a little bit more like a Stanley Cup. Yes, more impressive to Canadian men. <laughs> I love, uh, I love being a comedian. I like the questions that I get sometimes from like young dude comics. Sometimes young dude comics, they'll be like, don't you feel weird trying to make it in comedy when there's already a famous comedian named Amy? I'm like, I don't know, Dave, do you feel weird? <laughs> I don't know, Jim, do you know? I don't know, Robert, Bob, Bobby, Ron, John with an H, John with no H, Richard, Rich, Richie, Ricky, Rick, Dick, Gregory, Dick Gregory, Greg, Craig, do you guys feel? I don't know, Carrot, do you feel weird? I, uh, I don't have any kids, but I am an aunt. I have two nieces and a nephew, and it's been a very interesting year to be, like, an example for kids, you know? Like, uh, last time I was home, uh, my car got broken into, and my four-year-old niece was really upset, and she was like, who did this? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, honey. People don't usually take all your stuff and then stick around to shake a hand. Um, and she was like, why did this happen in my neighborhood? I was like, first of all, settle down, white lady in training. Take a breath. We don't need a committee yet, you know? I was like, it happened in your neighborhood because you live in a city. Cities are amazing. You can go to school with all different kinds of kids. You can have two moms without getting bullied. You can go to cool museums. Sometimes you can go downtown and see a grown man take a dump in the street. <laughs> Cities are the best. <laughs> And she was like, was it a bad guy that broke into your car? And I was like, honey, again, I don't get to decide that, you know? There's a lot of reasons that someone might break into my car, right? Maybe they're poor, maybe they're drug addicted, maybe they love the Cranberries' first album. <laughs> and uh, she gets really quiet, and she's four, and she goes, I think I know who did it. I think Trump did it. <laughs> And I said, that's correct. <laughs> yes. So now my four-year-old niece is growing up in a city fully convinced that all the crime in her neighborhood is being committed by Trump himself. <laughs> and I feel amazing about it. Oh, I feel so good. I just hope she like hangs on to it too long, you know? You know like those kids who believe in Santa Claus too old? Like I just like to imagine that if Trump gets a second term, right? Like, uh, I forgot to say, God forbid. Um, you guys are like, we don't believe in God, this is LA. Um, I like to imagine that if Trump gets a second term that my niece is gonna be like at an oddly old age at school talking to another kid who's like, hey, do you like Trump? And she's like, no, dude. He stole four cars in our neighborhood when I was in preschool. That guy sucks. I just
just want to mention that it's like my favorite time of year right now, which is when like okay, so the Hallmark Channel Christmas movies haven't come out yet, so there's still like a lot to anticipate. <laughs> And also, scary movie season is over, which is fantastic because... Agreed! From, like, July on. It's a fucking problem. Just trying to see Girls Trip. Get this doll out of my face. Why is this doll moldy? When did it originally get wet? Everything scares me. I'm scared of everything. And... I'm not, this is real. One time I watched the movies, just a font. That was it. I just saw a font come on. It was so spooky. I literally tossed my popcorn into the air above my head. What font? I'm not like a typesetter. It was Courier New. I don't know. I'm just saying that you know the fucking mood, right? Some spooky ass, some spooky ass sound comes on and then it's like from the, you're like, no! <laughs> Get out of here! And also the other thing, now I live in Los Angeles, number one, straight up, like movies have terrified me my entire life. I have a way that I harness their power where I look up the plot on Wikipedia, then I look up the stills from the movie on Google Image, and I match them up so I know all the things that happen in the movie so I could keep up with the zeitgeist, but I don't have to see them as moving images set to music. So I'm always like very aware of what's going on, and then when you live in LA, like the people that are in the movies, they live here, and you might meet them. Rhea and I were at a party, and the gentleman who played it in the most recent mo version of that, Tim Curry walked, no, it was the... First of all, I can't see it, of course I can't, because I don't want to spend the rest of my life afraid of rain jackets, and that dude walked in, I just turned to Rhea like, he got to eat a kid! <laughs> very nice to him, though. That was very nice to him. This is just, I mean, this is just like, it's... When I was in high school, I went to see the Blair Witch Project in the theaters. This was... Why? Did someone say why? Because... It was what I was supposed to. <laughs> I didn't know yet that I could turn down society's pressures and just be like, I don't actually care what happens to those kids. <laughs> I went with my boyfriend. <laughs> and I drove him home. And then I looked at him in his driveway. And he looked at me, but also sort of passed me. And I went, you're in on it! That is really what I said. And I kicked him out of my car. You're in on it! What, it, what do I even think he's in on? How, what do I, what do I think my boyfriend's level of power in the entertainment industry is? You set up this whole movie! 
to fucking kill me with a witch in your own driveway? Nice. Real nice. We haven't even been to prom. Anyway, I know. I have to get off stage. I'm sorry. I just want to tell jokes. Earlier I was so mad, and then now I'm so happy to be telling laughing jokes. I have to shut up because the show asked me over and we still have to work comics. Guys, there's so much more of these types of bits about me being scared. <laughs> oh, do you know, I think we could actually say this. I think say we could probably... What? Say it. Yeah, guess what? Rhea and I have an album coming out together. What? Ryan in the booth, who's our longtime producer on this show, has a wonderful record label called A Special Thing Records, and starting this Friday, you'll be able to order our live album, which was recorded during our last tour, and then it'll be on iTunes and kind of everywhere in early December. So isn't that cool? Wow! All right, friends, we got two comics left, and they're both pals. And uh, this, this particular first one is somebody I've known since he started uh, doing stand-up in Chicago and rad. Doing, this person's doing great, living out here in L.A. Very proud to see little buddies keep going and get better. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like when little buddies get better as much as I do... <laughs> an intro for an adult man. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage Joe Kazala. Give it up for Joe. Hi, I'm the little buddy. <laughs> hey, it's me, the little buddy. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good God. Yep, it's me. That's uh, weirdly how they introduce me at every comedy show. <laughs> what is going on? What is it about my thing that makes me a little buddy? I don't know. Why? Why such a little buddy? I don't do anything that perpetuates that stereotype. Not at all. Anyway, hi. <laughs> Good Lord. I think it also hurt because it was like, here's a little buddy, and it was like, joom, 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 joom. It's a real hard rock and roll. Which I like. I like that's first embarrassing thing about me. I like rock and roll. <laughs> Don't like admitting that. Feel like when I do, I sound like an exchange student. <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh yeah, wow, okay, so like for me, <laughs> okay, uh, for sure, like thing I'm interested to, like for interest, yes. Uh, gonna have to say rock and roll. <laughs> Very cool stuff, rock and roll. Yeah, for sure. But like, there are many things of interest to me, so like, it's hard to pick one, you know? <laughs> it's very hard, because like, also these days, I'm very into t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt, very cool. <laughs> and like, if I have to pick number three, <laughs> like, round it out, as they say, uh, wow, gonna have to say American Hot Dog Store. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Pound dog, wear t-shirt, listen to rock and roll. Very cool. Hey, does anyone know what country I'm from? I don't. I have no idea. What is this? 
I'm mostly just uh, doing an impression of a woman I used to work with. That's kind of, uh, her name was Hannah. Uh, she, like a lot of people with accents, you could tell exactly when she moved here, when she learned English, by some of the phrases she would still use. Like, for real, she would come up to me and she'd be like, Wow, Joe, you think you're like all that bag of chips? Okay. Talk to hands. Like, what? Hannah, did you move here in 1998? Is that what's going on? I would tell her that, and she'd be like, How you know? My secret. You know my secret. No one knows. I don't tell anyone. You must be, you must be smart. You're very smart. You're like a lady from Weakest Link. <laughs> very smart. Yeah, I like accents. Uh, I think when you have an accent like that, you can kind of get away with shit. You can, if you're like kind of have a cute accent, you know? Like there was that documentary, Man on Wire, about how a French guy in the 1970s came to America to walk a tightrope between the World Trade Center towers. And he had to like break a lot of laws to do it. Uh, but he did it anyway, and everyone loved him. And it's because he sounded cute. Like, I think if you're American, you can't get away with it. You can't be like, um, so I thought maybe I could uh, break into this building so I can do circus. Everyone would be like, eat shit, dude. Get out of here. Get the fuck away. But it's like a very different request, and you're, you're more willing to say yes if it's like, um, uh, excuse me? I thought that, um, very much I could, uh, go to America, yes? Uh, go to the towers. They're very tall. Um, and I thought maybe I could take, like, oh, I don't know, like some sort of wire. And then maybe... <laughs> and it would be like so magical and full of whimsy, yes? <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, do whatever you want. Go, be free, little man. You little guy. It's so weird, because uh, if you're, it's the opposite thing if you're American, right? I think you have like a thick, regional American accent, everyone thinks you're dumb as shit. Like, you can't get away with anything. Like, I'm from Pittsburgh, which has a very trashy accent, and it's unfair because uh, there are a lot of people with that accent who are very, very smart, but are they? <laughs> You know, it's hard to, because the people you're meant to believe are smart, it's just hard. Like if you were talking to a doctor and they were like, okay, so we have to do open heart surgery? <laughs> I'm good. I'll just roll the dice and my heart exploding. Or like, imagine being in a courtroom and the judge was like, so the jury's deliberated and determined that the defendant is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. <laughs> You'd be like, I don't know, can we, can we send you to jail? Because you kind of sound 
like you have sex with your ferrets, you know? It kind of feels like your vibe. Uh, but I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be honest, we don't want people in power to talk silly. Unless they're president, I guess. Like, that doesn't seem to apply. And, like, I'm not just talking about Trump. Like, our country has a long history of electing dudes who are like, hey, man, let's party. <laughs> and what's upsetting about that is uh, you can't be confident which president I'm doing. <laughs> you can't, which is uh, not a good sign. If you're like, when I'm like, hey, man, let's fucking party. You're like, which of our presidents is that? That's hard to... Uh, Determine, but I guess I get why the party person wins because often the presidential candidate who loses is a stiff dork Who doesn't know how to talk like a human and that's across party lines like that's Hillary. That's Mitt Romney That's John McCain. That's Al Gore. It's John Kerry. It's Bob Dole Everything in like they all have in common is just like they're on a talk show and the host is like hey uh, What are you into and their response is? Uh Sport? <laughs> I'm like, okay, which sport? Jan. I like Jan sport. Oh, Jesus Christ. Politicians don't know how to talk. Uh, I found neither do priests. I grew up Catholic. Most of a Catholic mass is just a priest trying to sing. I don't know if you guys have. And every Catholic priest sings up here. Kind of just find a note and go with it. Don't really waver too much. Just kind of like, get away with that. And you're just looking around the church and like, everybody here goes every Sunday. Maybe they're going to lead up to something good. Maybe the priest is going to have some sort of payoff at the end of this. It's going to be some sort of rewards. Just kind of strap in, go up that roller coaster hill, click by click. Eventually you're going to get to the top and there's going to be some sort of payoff. You're going to see what this priest is all about. Then you finally get to the top and the priest is going to do what he's going to do. And you're like, all right, priest, show me what you got. And the whole time you've been waiting, it's just that the priest wants to show you that he knows how to do this. <laughs> Unacceptable. All right, guys, thank you so much. My name is Joe Wichel. Have a good night. called All Fantasy Everything. I've been on it. I've been fantastic. And so is he. Give it up for Ian Carmel. Here we go for Cam and Rhea, everybody. Yeah. All right. Uh, who, so I'm a big old white dude. And... A lot of people out there now are compl they're saying like, oh, it's a bad time to be a white guy. Have you heard people saying that? They're like, oh, oh, it's finally catching up. It's a bad time to be a white guy. No, it's not. It's not. It, uh, it sh probably should be, but it's almost better than ever to be a white guy. Because it's so easy to be perceived as like a good white guy now. It's so easy, because you just have to be like, frankly, dude, I don't think Muslims should be shot into space. <laughs> Maybe that's just me, dude. <laughs> I'm drawing a line in the sand. <laughs> Here's how easy it is to be a good white guy. Eminem's like a good white guy now. 
It's so, it's never been fucking easy. <laughs> it's just so, you used to be like, man, I just think like once 30 women come forward, at that point, you have to start asking questions. You know, like, people are like, thank God we have men like you. <laughs> oh, God, it fucking, I, the election bummed me out in a, in a very shallow, I mean, it bummed me out in all the reasonable ways, and then it bummed me out in a shallow way that I'm just now coming to terms with, which is, I was hoping that America was on its way to becoming so progressive that we could tackle some political issues that like I actually really, really care about. Like my pet issues, like making pancakes for the table a thing. Cause like now if you want pancakes, you gotta order a whole thing of pancakes. And that's so many pancakes, man. That's like, you know, cause you'll get like four or five pancakes and that's too much pancakes. But if you're at like a big table and we had politicians being like, a thing we're doing now is pancakes for the table. And then you order some pancakes for the table like it's jalapeno poppers. Then you just have a couple bites of pancake and so do other people, but the government's behind it. That's, that's the America I want to be living in. Here's another thing I'd like to see the government get involved with. You know when dogs have way too human of a name and it kind of fucks you up? Government's got to get involved in that situation immediately. Because I met a dog named Colin, like, a year ago, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since then. Colin? I'm sorry, you named your fucking dog Colin? What the fuck would you name your kids? What is that? Because I know how to act when I meet a dog. When I meet a dog, I'm like, who's the best boy in the whole wide world? But when you meet a dog named, like, Colin or Deborah. How do you greet that dog? You're just like, hello, how are you? <laughs> I, uh, sometimes I'll feel bad about myself. Like, I'll be worried that my career isn't going that well, and, you know, I'm worried that, like, oh, I don't have enough money, I don't own a house, my car sucks, or whatever. And then I realize that I'm judging myself against the entirety of Earth's population. And what I need to do is focus and just sort of like narrow my search down, let's sort of hit plus on the Google Maps, and just compare myself against other dudes who look a lot like me. Because <laughs> as far as like dudes who look like this, I'm doing real, real good. <laughs> like most guys who look like me own a Bass Pro Shops hat. <laughs> And then, like, a formal Bass Pro Shop hat, you know? And I just have the one, so I, I'm doing pretty good. Like, I don't have anything in my house that I bought with Marlboro Bucks, and that's pretty good. Just the fact alone that I haven't been cut off at the bar at a Chuck E. Cheese puts me in the top 10% of dudes who look like me. Doing pretty good. What else was I wanting to talk? I'm sorry, I'm doing all brand new stuff, so I, none of this is... Anyway, what, what do you care? What, <laughs> oh, here's an interesting thing. Looking like this, you have to be pretty creative when it comes to uh, attracting people who want to date you. So one of my... I don't, does anyone else do this where uh, you use pictures of yourself when you were younger as kind of a genetic thirst trap? <laughs> 
Because like I know what I look like now, but I was like, and I'm a, like, I'm a fat guy, but I'm like a handsome fat guy. I know that. I'm like doing pretty good for fat guy. I get it. I know. You know this right here, and then my elbow, hot shit. Uh. But as a kid, I was the cute. I was such a cute little kid. So sometimes, you know, when I'm like first getting to know a girl, I'll send her like a picture of me when I was a cute little kid, just to be like, the genetics are there, you know. <laughs> Knowing what we now know about corn syrup, it would be possible to raise. <laughs> I feel like the movie Bad Boys 2 gets a bad rap, and I'll tell you why. This might be the dumbest thing I say. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's really just because it came out when it did. Like, you know, it's got a convoluted story. There's people hiding Molly and dead bodies. And, like, that's a big part of the movie. Uh, so, like, it came out in, like, you know, the 90s. We were like, that's stupid. But if that would have came out when Shakespeare was around... And then just, like, it was a bunch of plays about, like, angry kings, and then maybe there's a ghost. Like, that was mostly what Shakespeare wrote about. And then all of a sudden, there was a play about, like, two bad boy cops who play by their own rules, you know? And there's people hiding drugs and, and, and dead bodies and all that shit. We'd think about bad boys too differently. Like, they'd, if they, they'd be doing bad boys too with the old Vic, right? If Bad Boys 2 came out in... When was Shakespeare around? The 80s, right? The 1980s? I think it was the 80s. <laughs> think about the, uh, what, what I would do if society collapses. I have two plans if society collapses. One is uh, just buy up a lot of analog pornography. And then like whenever, when there's no more internet, just become a porn baron. You know? <laughs> I feel like that would work, you know? And then the other one is just find what used to be a Quiznos and then sort of get that up and running and then just run a Quiznos. <laughs> we take Quiznos for granted now, but in the end times, you'd want that chicken carbonara. You'd need it. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. All that shit. All right. Uh... Well, listen, I got to get out of here, and I'm not going to do a joke about it. Sometimes I do, and that's like a red herring, but uh, this time I'm really just going to go. Thank you for your time. You've been wonderful. I've been Ian Carmel. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you so much. Ian Carmel, everybody, let him hear it. Yes, keep it going for Ian and everybody you saw tonight. Yes. That is our show. It was very emotional up top. Very uh -huh. funny after that. Thank All you so much through. for being here. Yeah. Always. Uh, we're here every Tuesday. So we'll see yeah. you guys next week. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your Put your hands together. Get ready to cover your hands together. Put your hands together.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.